Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Mr. Ginsburg's! here on Monday, December 2nd, 2019. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Bill Bank-Green. Bank, what a game it was for the Buckeyes. 56-27 to over Michigan. I mean, it was an absolute mauling. Uh, it just, you know, I've, I've, I can't get enough of it, man. I've rewatched the game now three times in addition to watching it live. So I've watched it four times in all. Uh, I just can't get enough of it. What a show by the Buckeyes and Ryan Day and the whole coaching staff and the players. Just what a game. Yeah, um, you know, total domination, and that's, you know, really not supposed to happen in a rivalry game. You know, it's it's supposed to be a game where teams fight it to the end, you know, and uh, two years in a row now where Michigan has not fought to the end, I wouldn't say. You know, you almost hate to uh, accuse people of laying down or quitting or whatever, but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, to me, it seems like, you know, they come out fired up, they hang for a half, the tide starts to turn in the second half, and they just don't have the ability the past couple of years to dig your heels in and battle. You know, I mean, the Ohio State roster is more talented than the Michigan roster, but I don't think they're 30 points more talented. And I think there's a problem there with Harbaugh that, you know, before you can turn around a rivalry, you, you've got to be competitive, you know, and, and we saw a couple of years there where, you know, it took Ohio state right to the wire and you, and you lose on a, you know, an overtime or something, you know, that's acceptable uh, to get murdered on your field by 30 points. You know, that to me is unacceptable. And, you know, I think there's a failing there. Um, they've got a thing when they come in to play Ohio state, I think they don't really think they can win. And I think it shows in how they play and how they basically quit when the tide goes against them. So this is it's going to be hard to get this turned around for them. I mean, because it's like piling bricks. And they start stacking pretty high after a while. And I I don't know what Jim Harbaugh can do to turn it around. Because, you know, to expect that they're going to recruit a more talented roster than Ohio State, that's not feasible for Michigan or Penn State. You know, you try to come as close as you can talent-wise, and then you've got to, you know, you've got to coach your team up. You've got to have them prepared. You've got to have a great game plan. And, and we've seen Penn State do this. You know, Penn State rock and rolls with Ohio State every year with probably a roster not as good. But Michigan's got, you know, you can't get killed by 30 in the game. It's just my bottom line. You know, it's amazing to me, Bank, is if we step away from it and, and just take a look at it, Jim Harbaugh is 0-5 against Ohio State. 
as you mentioned, he had the, the game in 16 where he was competitive, you know, that, you know, the uh, double overtime game. The other games have either been blowouts or Ohio State pulled away in 2017. That wasn't a blowout, but they ended up winning by 11. Um, he's 0-5 against Ohio State. He has not had a season where he's had less than three losses, three losses every year. One season he was 8-5, and five, and he's in no danger of losing his job. Think about that for a second. 0-5 against Ohio State, everything else I mentioned, and I don't think there's any danger of him losing his job. No, and I don't think he should be. Um, you know, if you look in college football, if you have a successful head coach, and I think 10-2 is success, and, or 9-3, I mean, it's not horrible. But, I mean, if you make the wrong move, you can end up being Tennessee real quick or Miami or, you know, USC – you know, winning nine games might not be, you know, awesome, but, man, you start going to four and eight with the wrong guy, and the, you'll, you'll long for the days of Jim Harbaugh. So I think, you know, I don't think he is in danger of losing his job. I don't think he should be, but, you know, I think they're going to maybe uh, put pressure on him, you know, with Don Brown. You know, the loyalty to Don Brown, um, you know, I, I think that – probably that that party's probably going to end after this this loss to Ohio State you know I mean you can't be giving up 50 points you know in a game like this you just can't so I think they'll stick with Harbaugh I think they should stick with Harbaugh but you know it's just they're almost in a catch-22 situation Ohio State went through this with John Cooper John Cooper's a Hall of Fame coach and he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame but you just knew you weren't going to beat Michigan with him as your head coach he, he did just enough not to get fired, but not enough to put you where you really wanted to be. And that's kind of where Michigan is right now. Yeah, and just like Cooper, I mean, Harbaugh can't win bowl games either. You know, Cooper, people, right. people will say, well, Cooper was great, but he just couldn't beat Michigan. Well, he couldn't win bowl games either. Cooper was 3-8 and eight in bowl games. And right. a lot of them weren't right. even, like, top bowl games. He was getting beat by Air Force in bowl games. And, oh, goodness gracious, don't even get me started on Cooper. Um, but... Um, you know, I, I do want to get to the good things about Ohio State. One more thing about Harbaugh. I think uh, my theory on a big reason why he's struggling is, and you're as close to this as anybody, we all know that the lifeblood of every college football program is recruiting. And specifically for Michigan, the lifeblood of their recruiting has been recruiting the state of Ohio. If you go back to the glory years with Bo, even Lloyd, I mean, Charles Woodson's from Fremont, Ohio. Uh, you know, Desmond Howard's from Ohio. Elvis Gerback's from Ohio. We can go on and on and on and on about players from Ohio um, that starred at Michigan and led Michigan to wins over Ohio State uh, and led Michigan to big things. I look at Harbaugh, and he's got 24 commitments in his 2020 class bank, and he's got zero from Ohio. And I know he got Nolan Rumler last year, who was a big four-star recruit. Nolan Rumler has deep ties to Michigan through his family. I don't want to say I don't count that. I mean, you, you still count it. It counts. But that's like the biggest recruit he's landed from Ohio. And this year he's got zero out of 24. I mean, you go back and watch some of those games in the 70s, they're introducing the guys. This is before my time, but I like going back and watching the old games, you know, when Archie was playing, and they introduced the guys as they're running out there individually. Half of Michigan's team remorse from Ohio. It's just crazy. And now zero in their, in their 2020 class. What is Harbaugh doing, Bank, when it comes to Ohio recruiting? And do you think that's a big reason why they're failing up there? Well, I think, you know, they, they try, but – you know, when you look at Ohio the past couple of years, there have really only been, you know, maybe eight, nine, ten guys that would be considered by both schools 
And Ohio State's locking them up. Ohio State's getting who they want. And then Michigan is left with, well, gee, if we're going to recruit Ohio, we're going to be recruiting, you know, guys that Ohio State would never want. So that's kind of their catch-22. Um, and, and then if you look at the class coming up, the 2021 class, they would love to have Jack Sawyer. They would love to have Ben Chrisman. They'd love to have Reed Carrico. They do have, a, you know, a good shot at getting Corey Kiner, but I think that, you know, where I had that is 100% in their – you know, in, in, in their their favor a couple of years or a couple of months ago, now uh, that percentage keeps dwindling. And now I'm to the point where I think Ohio State's in better shape. You know, they have no chance at Jaden Ballard. They were they could they had no chance for Lorenzo Styles. You know, they want to, but boy, once you get blitzed on the first, the, the high quality guys, then you're looking at guys, you know, you're looking at the Michigan State and Kentucky level guys then. So I don't know if that's the answer either. I'm, you know, the answer was, to get those names you mentioned. Yeah, you get another Charles Woodson, they'll take that kid out of Ohio if he exists. But they're just they just you know, the fence was put up and by Trestle and it continued through Urban and Ryan Day's doing the same thing and they can't break through for the top kids in Ohio. All right, enough of me making fun of Michigan, um, at least for the next two minutes. <clears throat> let's let's focus on Ohio State. Um let's go right in your wheelhouse. Again, the offensive line. I talk about, you know, I started the show up saying this is a mauling, and it starts right up front, as we all know. Uh, this game was going to be won in the trenches. This game was going to be won by who was able to run the ball better. Well, it was Ohio State by a mile. I mean, they were just – this Ohio State offensive line, and Michigan does have an undersized D line, but still, this Ohio State offensive line was just crushing them all day long, and it was so much fun to watch. I'm sure you're just kicking back and just loving watching that bank. Well, I like O-line play, and um, I thought the Ohio State O-line did really a continuation of what they've done all year. You know, they have mashed the ball. Dobbins has had a great year, but, you know, if you look at Dobbins this year and Dobbins last year, I think he's in better shape this year. But, I mean, the difference for him is last year, Prince and Pridgen and, and those guys, they were not physical, they were not run blockers at all you know they were good in pass protection but this team this team just kills people in the running game and, and especially that interior group of Myers and Jackson and Wyatt Davis you know they are a handful and like you said I mean the Michigan the the interior of the Michigan line very small um and, and not very good and kind of soft and they, they've taken those DNs and try to make them into D tackles trying to rely on their quickness and well they just got pounded so you know that was game over you know and, and but I did think the Michigan offensive line played really well in the game and I think Michigan could have run the ball more they just didn't choose to they gave up on it um not that they ever really I don't think they thought they could run the ball but if you look at Hassan Haskins you know he averaged close to six yards a carry he just only carried the ball 12 times so I don't think they felt going in that they could run the ball so they never tried but Ohio State knew they were going to run the ball they knew you know they could really physically manhandle Michigan at the point of attack and that's what they did Ryan Day after the game was emotional it was so cool to see I mean he, he didn't even shed a tear but you could tell he was fighting it back when he was interviewed right on the field by Jenny Taft and uh, again I mean, I've, I've rewatched the game like three times so I've, I've been I've rewatched the Ryan Day part probably about six times just you know rewinding it and just how he just Man, I know he's originally from New Hampshire, but he just bleeds scarlet and gray now. There's no doubt. I mean, to say he gets it is an understatement. I mean, he gets it in spades. And, uh, 
he is a uh, just a hell of a head coach. You look at what he did with his staff, the way he uh, revamped the staff, what he's doing in recruiting, how he keeps his team laser focused, the job he does as a play caller. I mean, it's everything across the board. Bank the way he handles the media, which I'm sure fans couldn't care less about that. But I think that is a you know somewhat important part of the job. He just checks all the boxes, and I just you know. It's almost just stunning. When it's not almost stunning, it's stunning to think the Buckeyes have had the um, the success of Jim Tressel, Urban Meyer, and now Ryan Day. I mean, three. I, I, I'll say it. I mean, Ryan Day. I think is going to go down as a legend. I mean, is it too early to say it? Probably, but I, I just I'll be shocked if he doesn't end up being a legend in this game. And just the Buckeyes are so fortunate to have him. And like I said, it just seems like Bank. He crosses every box you can think of. Well, he is a really genuinely good guy you know what I mean and and I don't think um you know I don't watch what I say here but I, I don't you know I, I don't think we say that about every top head coach across the board in college in the NFL Ryan Day is a really good guy can't say I know him well um when he was first hired at Ohio State he came to Maslin for uh Maslin had a workout there that and they invited all college coaches to come in and there were a lot of college coaches there and I was able to just, you know, shake the guy's hand and just make small talk for, for a few minutes. And, and you came away really feeling like just a really good guy, a guy you want to be around. And I, I'm sure that translates to recruits and parents and assistant coaches and players. And you can just tell he's a good guy, you know. And, I, and in this profession, it's not always the case. You know, to be a top head coach, there's got to be a little bit of, I don't want to use the wrong word here. I'm trying to think of a word we can use on your podcast. You got to be a little bit of a jerk sometimes. And and I don't think that he is. Um, I don't think he's a pushover by any means. And I think he's, you know, you cross him, you're going to pay the price, but I don't think he's a jerk just for the sake of being a jerk. And I think some head coaches are, he's a good guy. Bank, I should have told you this. We have no FCC regulations at all, as Matt Baxendale has proven many times on this show. Uh, we would have gotten fined <laughs> probably a million times if cussing on the morning five uh, was, was not allowed. So if you want to drop a cuss word uh, every once in a while for a fact, it's, uh, it's perfectly fine. Um, uh, let's look at the Ohio State-Wisconsin rematch. You know, I'll be candid. I was hoping, I was rooting for Minnesota just because I wanted to see some fresh blood, not just for this year because obviously Ohio State and Wisconsin played, and Ohio State won 38-7. to But this will now be the third time Ohio State's played Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game, which has only even existed since 2011. So I, I, wanted, I wanted Minnesota, but we're getting Wisconsin. Um, your thoughts on this rematch? Yeah, I don't see how it can be any different. Um, and I said this the last time Ohio State played Wisconsin. I, I think Ohio State can match Wisconsin player for player across the O-line and D-line. In fact, Ohio State is probably better player for player in line play. And then when you go athlete on athlete, it's not even close. So I don't, I don't know how it could be any different. You know, to beat this Ohio State team, you have to be able to throw the football on them. You are not going to line up and – play Wisconsin football and beat Ohio State. I don't see how this is different this week unless Ohio State, you know, gets fumbleitis again like they did against Penn State. But I don't see a pass for Wisconsin. Just their their style of play is not conducive to lining up and beating Ohio State. I don't know. You know, you, you can't beat Ohio State in a 17-16 game, and that's really what Wisconsin wants to play. Well, it's not going to happen. 
you can't hold this offense to 16 or 17 or 18. So then you're looking at a game where you know Ohio State is going to get their 30 to 35. How are you going to find a way to get 30 to 35 when you cannot throw the football? You know, I'm sure Wisconsin would much rather play the old Ohio State teams with J.T. Barrett when then it becomes more of a who's going to run the ball better because neither of you can throw it worth a darn. Well, when you went to Haskins and now Fields, it just it tilted the scales now where you're not going to get Ohio State to score in the teens or the, the low 20s. Those days are over. So, you know, until Wisconsin, you know, goes to recruiting the Justin Fields types where they can have – you know, a big-time passing offense to go along with running the ball, they are not going to be – well, they, you know, you don't see them in the playoffs as it is now, and they're not going to be. Their style of play is very conducive to, you know, going 10-2, and two, winning the Big Ten West, going to a great bowl game, and that's fine. That's who they are. But to beat Ohio State, if Ohio State doesn't turn it over three or four times, I don't think there's a path for Wisconsin to win the game. Excellent stuff, as always, from Bill Bank Green. Really appreciate it, Bank, and I appreciate all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's try that Buckeye swag, best in band in the land.